check. Here we are. We are here. I would like to put on a song. I don't know why, but I'm really um, inspired to put on a song uh, that just gets you all set up for, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I have no reason. We're talking about complaints. I'm in a weird mood today. Anyway, 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 just wanted to start off with a little bit of uh, vibe. Just, I don't know why I'm in such a uppity, up, upbeat mood. I think music is a big part of it. Um, and I'm really encouraging you uh, to get one of these, like make sure music is a part of your life. It's an amazing opportunity. Uh, <laughs> can you complain about my rapping? Yes, Stephen. <coughs> you can totally complain about my rapping anytime. What I'm just, what, it's just that our life, we are energy, right? So one thing that was missing big time in my life, especially when I was running persistent complaints about my life, when I was not in a great place, um, there was no music. I just used that as a, as a, as an excuse to disengage from life. And what I'm asking you to do is to put music into your life. What kind of music? Well, right now, especially if you've started working and just kind of like gone into this work with us and you've attended some of our live events or even you're you know, working with us, what songs bring you back to your childhood? What songs bring you back to that feeling of, you know, like that song was like 90s hip hop. When I listen to 90s hip hop, like I'm loving it. I'm watching Michael Jordan's um, uh, documentary on Netflix and I'm loving it, especially the music. I start to feel differently when I'm listening. I'm just like in, invigorated and there's a third dimension of, of energy, of feeling, of emotion when you have the right music. What kind of music, I'm going to ask you, what kind of music can you put into your day that completely shifts your intentions, shifts your mindset, shifts how you're feeling in your body? Um, if you, My suggestion is something that I do consistently just to be a, a little bit of a, a dork I will put on a song and this is before when I was single it was just me and my dog Lucy I would put on a song and I would start dancing for Lucy now I'll put on a song and I'll dance for Diana there's this one really great song that I absolutely love as soon as I turn it on and I start getting down into it she starts smiling and now what's happened is if you bring music in and you start like playing with it, boys to men, exactly, Samantha, totally. So if you were to put on, check this out, watch this, Samantha, put on a boys to men song and start singing along and engaging. What that's doing is so powerful for your nervous system. You're actually dropping into your body and now you're playing with curiosity. You're, you're playing, music is play, especially if you're a dancer. Dance is making your body an instrument for the song. In other words, in order for you to dance, it requires that you drop into your body and you engage with the present moment. That's why we love watching children. Just go on, look at ch 
excuse me, look at a bunch of videos watching children dancing and just imagine that. You turn on a song, like I watch my niece and nephew turn on a song and they start dancing. We love watching it because it is play, it is engagement, it is curiosity. All of the things that we lose completely when we're dysregulated in our nervous systems from the traumas that we've gone through, from the stories that we are telling ourselves consistently, we completely disengage from the present moment. And so having music, playing music and, and putting that on, like it has an impact. Like, let me show you, like, it's very powerful. Like, I don't care if this is this is from my this is me from my kind of childhood. I can't help it when I'm listening to this. Like this does something to me. I don't know if Facebook's gonna cancel this. See. It does something to me, <laughs> right? So my question is, why don't you put that into your day? Why wouldn't you actually include that as part of your morning ritual, right? Or turning something on that makes you feel completely goofy, grabbing your partner and then starting to move. Well, that'll, that'll be stupid. Yes, exactly. That's the point. A child doesn't give a fuck. A child will do it, but, but we somehow disconnected from that. And I'm going to explain to you why, why that happens. Why are we so disconnected from our childlike selves? Why are we so disconnected from our curiosity? Why are we so stuck in our lives? I'm here to teach you exactly why that is. And you're going to find yourself, this is going to be extremely relevant. <laughs> you're my favorite. You're my favorite, Kristen. Um, I'm going to share with you why, why you get stuck. And here's what it is. It's because you're holding on to persistent complaints. So here's what I want you to do. Take a moment and I want you to write it down in the comment section. Take a minute and I'm gonna, I'm gonna request that you engage with me here. Don't just sit here scrolling while you're sitting on the toilet. I want you to actually engage. Your engagement with this conversation will mirror your engagement with life. Life calls you to become engaged with it. Life calls us, I don't wanna say you, because that's, I'm not trying to preach to you, this isn't a preaching, I'm talking to myself here. Life calls upon me to engage, the three-dimensional felt sense engagement with life. The problem is that the traumas that I've gone through disengage me from life, disengage me from my body, disengage me from my senses, disengage me from conversations, cause me to, create a bubble around myself that I'm afraid of other people. I don't engage. And the problem is when I dissociate and I go into that shutdown mode, the last thing I want to do is engage. So there's the paradox. Engagement is what I'm requiring in order to heal, but it's the last thing I want to do because I'm so, my nervous system is so disorganized, dis disconnected. Um, it's not disorganized, excuse me, that's a bad choice of words. It's highly organized. It's highly adaptive. It totally makes sense. It's our protective parts come out, but we're unconscious of it. So I'm going to use these transmissions. That's my commitment to you. If you're new to this group, we've had like a bunch of people just jump in recently. Welcome. If you're new here, make yourself be known. Let us know where you're from. I love to know where you're tuning in from. Let this, these transmissions be your wake-up call to get back into your body and to say, hey, whoa, 
reminder, whoa, 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 we're on, the pl we're on a, a, a floating spaceship. Wake up. While you're floating through space, while you're you're scrolling through social media, you're on a floating spaceship, and you're here for a purpose. You're here to make an impact. You're here to use your story to help serve other people. But here's the problem: you're dissociated from that when you are holding trauma in your body, and you have a story going on in your mind as a result of that. You completely disengage. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. Your videos just make me happy. Thank you. Tom, you're here. Welcome, brother. Your videos just make me happy. Well, that's great. <laughs> I'm, here to, I'm here to drop a little bit of uh, kind of truth and a little bit of uh, I'm here to help you open your heart because if you show up with an open heart, the world is your oyster. If you show up with an open heart, the world is your oyster. How do I open my heart when I'm just in so much trauma and so much pain in my body because of old stories? Here's the biggest problem is we have persistent complaints, okay? And I just did a podcast interview right now. The reason why I'm having this conversation with you right now is because I just had a podcast interview that blew my fucking mind. It's with a woman. Her name is Debbie Silber. Look her up. On she, She's got a little following on Instagram, Debbie Silber. She talks about uh, breakthrough from betrayal to breakthrough. In other words, she helps primarily women who've been dealing with, break, with, with uh, uh, betrayal in their relationships. So off like her, her target market is women who've been betrayed in relationships. And so I had an interview with her and it was so freaking interesting. I can't wait for this podcast to come up. I'm definitely going to drop it into this group. Every podcast that I do, I'm going to drop it into this group. It's all um, just amazing conversations that are designed to awaken you out of your slumber of victimhood into your power where you can actually create and design your life. I've always said that if you can widen the gap between stimulus and response, something happens instead of becoming reactive to it or shutting down like a deer in headlights like most of us do, if we can stretch that space between stimulus and instead of react, we can actually respond. If you're able to widen that space, which is what I teach to people all over the world, widening that, that space between stimulus and response, you now can design and create your life. To do what? Well, to have healthy relationships. Because every relationship breakdown you've ever had is because that space between trigger, stimulus, and response doesn't exist and you've reacted. That's the only reason why the relationships that you've had with mom, dad, with partner, whoever, haven't worked. Because if you had that space between stimulus and response, you could resource yourself. You could see other people's behavior through their wounds and you don't have to fall victim to it. You know, I can go to my mother's home and when I'm talking and then she interrupts me with her own thing and she's just not listening and she doesn't take feedback and that drives me fucking crazy and I just wanna scream because my five-year-old self just wants to be heard by my mother. The adult, in the awakened inner parent within me can now resource and see myself and then see a mother of mine who is stuck in her own wounding, who's stuck unable to truly see herself, who's constantly looking for external validation and terrified and unable to receive criticism in an empathetic way. 
So if I can see that, then I don't have to be a victim to it. Okay, so this is what we're here to learn. I'm just giving a background for you if you're brand new to this community. It's a badass community of people. And the reason why I love the people here so much is because instead of making mom wrong and dad wrong and ex wrong and pointing the finger and putting blame, which is what most places do, even psychologists will recommend you do that. We're all here to take responsibility, not blame, but responsibility for those triggers. And when you do, your healing expands, your power expands, you, you're able to emotionally regulate yourself. The relationships in your life that have open loops start to heal. You then start to feel a sense of purpose. You're like, oh, now I know what my purpose is. Why? Well, I didn't know what my purpose was when I was putting on a mask and trying to be good and trying to please other people and to try to be liked. And of course, I don't know my purpose when I'm like that. But when I'm grounded into myself and connected with my pain and friends with my suffering, this is new concepts for many people that are scary because they don't want to go there. But when you're actually courageously going there, you're now grounded in your body. You have that powerful voice. You can speak authentically. You can do, <gasps> set a boundary. Oh my goodness, no, that doesn't work for me. Woo, scary because I have to deal with the feelings of guilt. No, but you'll be able to do that more readily. You'll be able to have power. You have freedom. You're able to fully express yourself. So today I wanted to share, because this came up in my uh, interview earlier with Debbie about uh, break from betrayal to breakthrough, <coughs> excuse me, life beyond betrayal, like came up with a very big, big concept. And she, she said this, she said, many people won't heal from this. Many people won't heal from that story of betrayal. Think about it something that has gone wrong something that you have a persistent complaint about what i'd like for you to be what i'd like for you to do hey Craig, you're from uh that's perfect what i'd like for you to do is to think about a persistent complaint you've had okay write it in the comment section too i want you to play along with me it could be anger or resentment towards an ex towards your mother towards your father, like what's the persistent complaint thing that you've been complaining about? And I wanna take you through this concept and it's going to blow your mind. By the end of this call, by the end of this transmission, you're gonna look at the thing you wrote down because I want you to write it out because this isn't just a spectator sport. You gotta engage with it. Write down a persistent complaint that you've been, <laughs> MC Hammer, write down a persistent complaint that you've been holding on to. Let's do it right now. So for you, it could be, um, you know what, I'm not making, you know, I, I just, I'm not reaching my potential in my work. That's a persistent complaint that I was telling is that, oh, people aren't just getting it. When I was a chiropractor full time, I would constantly tell the story, oh, these patients, they're just not getting it. They're not getting the big idea. This was a big persistent complaint that I had. In my relationships, a persistent complaint that I would consistently have nonstop is that um, uh, women are just so needy. Oh God, women are just so needy. I'm tired of fucking needy women. That was a, a story, a persistent complaint that I've been running for a very long time. Been complaining about how crappy anxiety makes me feel. Yep, that's a persistent complaint. I'm not getting enough from the unavailable people I keep choosing. Lauren, thank you for sharing that. Okay, good. 
So now that you've written that out, here's a little breakthrough that I would like to offer you, okay? So there are four main reasons why we will hold on to these long-standing complaints, four of them, okay? There are four. And when you look at them, not many people are willing to own it. If you're willing to own what it is, you're of the very few minority, okay? I do these in my live trainings in my overview experience three-day workshop where we go over this on Saturday morning and I talk about this and that whatever challenge that you're coming in with for the weekend, what we do is I get you to write out this complete like shitty first draft of anger and rage towards this 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 thing whether it be your uh, I'm not getting enough from the unavailable people I keep choosing okay perfect Lauren that's a good one let's use that one I'm not getting enough from the unavailable people I keep choosing people don't give me enough so the persistent complaint that Lauren is living with by the way thank you for sharing that because now I can have a real example here's what what once they've written out this like puking releasing the rage and sadness and poor me about that story not personal to you, Lauren, because we're all the same. We're all in it together. So I'd love to use you as an example because of your vulnerability. My husband's sister who did a very unspeakable thing to me and can't seem to get past it, just wish, okay, good. Just wish she could, perfect. So this is a persistent complaint. I'm not getting enough from the uh, unavailable people I'm choosing. Now there's four reasons why you're gonna hold on to this. And if you don't learn this, you will hold on to this complaint forever. Now, when we shine the light of awareness on it, here's the thing. It's going to be very uncomfortable. Many people will resist this because what we're about to do is we're going to, you're going to get to meet your ego face to face. Okay. So reason number one, you're, the reason why you're holding on to this complaint for a long time, Chris, Lauren, is because you're getting something out of it. Let me say that again. The reason why human beings hold on to their persistent complaints is because we are getting something out of it. We're getting a payoff. There's a benefit to it. And then now you're thinking, well, fuck you, Nima. There's no benefit to me holding on to this complaint. How could it be? Like, bullshit, screw you. This complaint is hurting me. How dare you say that? I get it. I've heard it all. In my workshops, they'll, they'll, they'll come at me. They get highly triggered when I say this. I completely understand. But just dance with me here. You will continually hold on to this story as so long as you're getting a payoff from this story, a benefit. Now, those benefits are going to have one of two, excuse me, one or many of four. So number one benefit that you're getting out of holding on to this persistent complaint and I'd love for somebody to write it out in the comment section if you're so inclined okay number one I'm not regimented all it's all on their terms good one Sarah okay so number one you get to justify where you're at where your position is and invalidate the other person let me say that again please write it out number one payoff for this persistent complaint is you get to justify the position that you're in, your level of success, your situation, your shitty situation, you justify it and or you invalidate the other. Justification of where you're at. So as long as I'm holding on to this, as long as I have a side payoff of justifying where I'm at, ah, 
you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm justifying where I'm at. Ah, I, I haven't gone further in my life. It's because of the anxiety, Samantha. I haven't really stepped up into my greatest potential and stepped up to my calling. Eh, it's because of this anxiety I can't get rid of. That is a payoff of holding on to the story. You get to justify where you're at or and invalidate the other. Let me know if this resonates for you, okay? Attention, ability to play the victim role, good one, that's one. So you're justifying where you're at, invalidating the other, that's number one. Number two payoff, why we hold on to persistent complaints. Number two is you get to avoid all responsibility and you get to blame the other. Number two is you get to avoid all, you know what, that person completely cheated on me and we work a lot with people who've been struggling with betrayal and infidelity and the person who's going around telling the story, oh, they're a cheater, they're this, they're that. This isn't a blame game, but one of the payoffs that you're getting by persistently going off and telling your victim story is that you get to avoid all responsibility in the disconnection. It couldn't have been anything to do with me, 0% my responsibility. I haven't been attuned to my partner. Now, by the way, please understand, I'm not justifying infidelity. I'm just saying, so long as I hold on to my victim story and persistent complain about it, one of the side benefits that I'm getting is that I get to avoid responsibility and I get to put entire blame on the other person, which is what our childlike self wants to do, which is our immature, emotionally immature side that doesn't want to grow up, that doesn't want to take responsibility. Peter Pan syndrome for men and Tinkerbell, whatever syndrome, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, there's a female version of Peter Pan syndrome. I'm not sure what that is, but Peter Pan syndrome, which is I don't want to grow up. They, classic, avoiding responsibility, blaming the other. Okay? We see this a lot with men who are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, still, you know, blaming mom or whatever. This is avoiding responsibility and blaming the other. That's payoff number two for your persistent complaint. <coughs> Most of the time, excuse me, these um, payoffs are completely unconscious. It's a blind spot. You don't, you're not even aware of, and your ego doesn't want you to admit it. In our, in our programs, when we're working with people, when they realize this, it's like a, Ugh! like if I'm talking right now and what I'm saying is bringing up a feeling of, Ugh! then you know you're healing because the truth is very triggering and it really hurts and your ego wants to, uh, I've lost the same 20 pounds four times, good one. Um, your ego wants to block the truth because it's too painful. So as I'm telling you this, you're gonna have little light bulbs go off and it's gonna be like, oh fuck, then you know you're healing. <laughs> That's what healing is. It's The truth will set you free but first it will burn a hole in your soul. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do here. So payoff number one is you justify where you're at and invalidate the other. Number two is you get to avoid responsibility. Ah, this long-standing complaint, I, I don't have responsibility, I'm blaming it on somebody else. It's very alluring, isn't it? Number three, payoff. Number three payoff is that you get to dominate, you dominate, the person you're pissed off about, or you avoid being dominated. 
So think of this persistent complaint you have, oh, my boss, uh, Donald Trump. Um, oh, this is a good one. Um, people who are like heavy duty, far right conspiracy theorists or far left leftists, people on both sides of the equation, like on the extremes in this entire spectrum of leftists and rightists, like conspiracy theorists on the right, left kind of like socialists on the left, both extremes, this is exactly the strategy of their constant, constant non-stop complaining is they get to dominate when they feel dominated or they avoid domination. If you are constantly feeling disempowered from an ex-partner that you feel betrayed with, you're giving away your power. You're not able to see through their wounds. You haven't healed your own wounds. You haven't been able to see through their wounding that caused them to behave the way they did. What'll happen is you'll feel disempowered and you'll feel completely like at a loss of all power. So what you're going to do is you're gonna start talking shit and persistently complaining about them as a form of domination when you feel dominated or to avoid being dominated. Does that make sense? So long as this payoff is going unconsciously, you're gonna keep the story going. You're never gonna get over that victim story. Okay, I'm gonna show you how, what you need to do in order to get it in just a moment, stay with me. But I wanna talk about the, the, the four. So number four, <coughs> excuse me, number four payoff of your persistent complaint is that you get to, guess what it is? You get to be right and you make the other person wrong, which is so fucking alluring to my ego. Oh God, my ego. Oh, my ego loves to be right. I love when you tell me, Nima, you were right. Oh, I love being recognized for being right. My ego fucking loves it. And I love, my ego loves making another person wrong. Ooh, it's so alluring, isn't it? Think about that. That's one of the payoffs I will have of a persistent complaint. If you just talking to your girlfriends, talking to your guy friends, complaining about the, the misses, complaining about whoever. You are holding on to a persistent complaint because you're getting something very valuable out of it. And what you're getting is you're getting to be right. So justifying where you're at and invalidating the other. You avoid responsibility and then you get to blame the other. You get to dominate and avoid feeling dominated and you get to be right and make the other person wrong. These are the payoffs, the psychological unconscious payoffs of holding on to complaints. And so long as people, people always ask me, can you help my son? Can you help my so-and-so? They're having a story. And I'm like, no, I can't help them. Here's the key. You cannot change, tell somebody to change those stories around. Let me say that again. You cannot tell someone that they're running a persistent complaint and they must change it. You can't do that. The only, because they have an unconscious benefit of holding onto that. That's why people reach out and say, can you help my son? Can you, you gotta, my husband needs your work. I'm like, no, they don't. I don't wanna talk to them. Why? Because if I work with them, they're not, I'm not gonna be able to help them. Why not? Well, because they have a benefit of holding onto their story, their victim story. There's a side unconscious benefit. 
so long as they're holding on, and I used to see this a lot when I was working full-time as a chiropractor, and I would have patients who were coming in with, uh, on disability, and I don't mean to upset you if you're on disability and all that stuff, but after a while, people on workers' compensation, I was like, wait, there's no benefit of them healing. In fact, if they stay sick, if they stay suck, stuck and injured, they get compensated. There's a payoff. They're getting paid to be the victim. So why would they come in to me and, and expect to get healthier? They don't. They're the worst type of clients, the ones who have a payoff to stay sick. And I'm just going to work and just adjusting them. And I'm like, I don't want to work with these people. So I made it. I was like, I don't care about the money. I don't want to see patients that are on a dis like on a a disability, and they have a unconscious motive to stay sick. Now, sometimes there there's exceptions to the rule, of course, where people are like they truly want to get better. And so in those cases, I'll make the I'll make the um, I'll make the uh, kind of adjustment and, and, and see them. But here's what I would notice. Patients would come in with a car accident. Here's what I would see all the time. Patients would come in with car accident problems. And they're like, oh, I just did an accident. They're like, oh, poor me. And I'm just like, well, guess what? With what we're going to do over the next few months, you are going to feel better than you did before your accident. Guess what would happen? I would never see them again. I'm like, wait a second somebody else is paying for your care to come in so that I know just by your x-rays and your patterns and if you do the work that I'm telling you in the next three months to six months you're gonna actually not only be not at like you're gonna actually feel better than you did before the accident I'm like oh where did Frank go I don't see him again this is a classic behavior that demonstrates the payoff of the persistent complaint does that make sense? I noticed this in chiropractic, but then psychologically we have the same thing going on. So in order for you to heal, you might be asking, so what do I got to do to heal? What do I got to do to heal? Okay. Yes. Nurse, nurse in work comp. Samantha. Yes. You see it all the time. Like you can tell, I can literally look in your eyes, have a conversation and go, you're going to heal. And no, I don't want to take you on because whatever I do, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be another practitioner on your like list that you've seen that doesn't work I'll just just add me to the list and I'm not interested in that I only want to work with the committed how do you know when they're committed here's how the payoffs are there for your persistent complaint but now what happens is yes you get payoffs but everything has two sides there are costs to us to me holding on a persistent complaint about somebody about an ex about a business a failure about a, a business dealing that didn't go according to plan about somebody who screamed and yelled at me about a client of mine who was just blaming me for all their problems and I just want to sit there and play victim it's costing me and here are the costs okay here's the cost. you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired, to learn more, 
join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Cost number one, the cost of my persistent complaint, it's costing me my feelings of fulfillment in life. It's costing me my feelings of fulfillment in life. I just feel ugh. like I might come to you and just dump and dump my victim story, which is important part of healing because you don't want to bypass that. But to persistently do it week after week, month after month, and go to a counselor or a therapist for 20 years telling the same fucking story doesn't help you. It's costing you your fulfillment. It's great for the therapist who wants to keep you stuck. I'm not saying all are like that, but I'm just saying pay attention. If they're constantly validating your persistent complaint, they don't have your best interest in heart probably theirs okay and that's okay that's where they're at I just want you to know buyer beware okay number one is it's costing you your fulfillment okay number two by me holding on to a persistent complaint about a person about my ex oh Avond perfect example Avond when you started at, when we met at the overview experience in Barcelona last year you were coming in, you were feeling stuck. You had a persistent complaint against somebody for five years, didn't you? It's a perfect example. What did we do? Your persistent complaint was about your ex who betrayed you. And lo and behold, how many people have a broken down relationship and three years later, five years later, are still holding on to that, that bitch who did whatever to me, right? And that's what we were working on together, Avent. And what we were doing is we were picking apart that. And what it was costing you to hold on to that story about your ex was your power and your freedom. So what would you do? You avoided relationships because of that persistent complaint. Now, I'm not saying what she did was right, right? Correct? I'm not justifying what she did was, yay, I'm, Nima's going around justifying that it's okay to go off and betray people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the future hasn't been written yet. But the past already has. And the past has determined that your girlfriend, Avon, chose over a weekend to do what she did. And for the last five years, you've been holding on to this persistent complaint. It's fine, but you're here to heal. And what you've observed is that you have some benefits. Well, you got to avoid all responsibility, didn't you, about what happened? It's all her fault. Blame her. You get to dominate her because she's the bitch. And you can avoid being dominated because you felt so powerless about the whole thing. You get to be right and make her wrong. Very alluring. But what you were noticing is that your life was getting smaller and smaller. And you weren't really out interacting and engaging with people and, and really sharing your gifts because you're holding on to a persistent complaint. It's costing you your fulfillment. It's costing you your power and freedom. The third thing it's costing you is your health and your vitality. It's costing you your health and your vitality. And I would see this again and again in my chiropractic practice, patients coming in with persistent complaints physically that I was like, uh, five years ago divorced, they're still holding on to their resentment. 
and that's costing you your health. I can adjust you chiropractically until you turn blue and bruised all over. But if you still go home and you're holding on to that persistent complaint, nothing that I do, no healing modality is actually going to work. And that's why the work is heroic to me, to those people is like, I'm going to go and go after those resentments. I'm going to go after those complaints. I'm going to go after those grievances instead, which is difficult work. The biggest obstacle is I don't want to go there. I want to play the victim and I want to blame the other person. Why do I, here's your obstacle. Why do I have to do the work when it was her fault? Well, she did that to me. He did that to me. Why do I have to do, why don't they do it? And that is the voice of your wounded inner child. That's the emotional immaturity part of us that is um, running the show and blocking our healing, blocking us from growing up, right? So the third thing is your health and vitality. The fourth cost is your self-expression. Why, why have I lost my voice? I don't feel powerful in my voice. See, there's a voice inside of you. John D. Martini says, when the voice and the vision on the inside becomes louder and more profound than opinions on the outside, you've begun to master your life. When you're able to dance like you don't, not dance like no one's watching, dance like you know there's a million people watching and they're judging you, but you don't give a shit, okay? That's self-expression. What blocks my self-expression is my persistent complaints, is my grievances. So whenever we're working with people, Samantha, like you just jumped in, Avon, you've been working with, first thing you do when you fill out your forms is, you know what, we're just going to go gangbusters over the next 90 days in healing all those grievances. Make a list of all of them for me. We don't have to go 20 years talking about them. Just make a list of the five to 10 things from your past that you don't want to talk about, that you wish didn't happen, that you're holding on to a persistent complaint. And then I teach you using the overview method how to go into them and feel them fully, play the victim, go inside and heal those emotional wounds, come back and as a resourced individual, awakened and realizing that the person that you're complaining about is acting from their own unconscious wounds and you're not actually a victim. Healing takes minutes, like as an insight, but then <clears throat> years to reinforce that, to connect with that younger part of you that still feels unseen and unheard. You get to do that for you rather than waiting for them to apologize. I just want my mom to apologize and finally see me. Watch the uh, training from last night where I talked about the fantasies that keep us emotionally immature. The fantasy is they will one day, I can get them to finally see me and hear me. That's, that's a fantasy that you're wise to put aside in service of doing your own work. This is not a, a, a delegation thing. In a business, I can delegate these things I'm shitty at to somebody else. But in my own personal life, in my own personal relationships, I must work at my weaknesses. And so that's really what it's about. So <clears throat> the costs of running these long-standing stories, the costs of them. Number one is it's costing you your fulfillment. Number two, it's costing you your power and your freedom. Number three, it's costing you your health and your vitality. And number four, it's costing you your self-expression. And there is one telltale sign that I use when I'm looking at myself and I'm journaling and I'm self-assessing where I'm at if I'm holding on to a persistent complaint. And here's what it is. When I lose my humor, let me say that again. Whenever I lose my humor, 
because I have a humorous, playful side to me in case you haven't noticed. So do you. When I disconnect from that, that's my body giving me feedback that I'm holding on to a persistent complaint. I must learn to cultivate, that's what trigger proof is all about, cultivating self-assessment tools, self-awareness tools, just by being able to look in the mirror, look at my, listen to my voice, my posture, and to be able to know where my nervous system is at so that I can self-assess and self-heal, self-regulate, and co-regulate. If I lose my humor, when I've disconnected from humor or somebody you know has been disconnected from their humorous, playful side, that's a telltale sign you're holding on to a persistent complaint. Does that make sense? Power and freedom, number two, power and freedom, exactly. So, so long, here's the key, here's the key component. This is the take home point. So long as I'm unconsciously holding on to these payoffs and I'm unaware of what these complaints are costing me, I will forever be telling my victim story. I will consistently want to keep telling my victim story, poor me to everyone to gain that sympathy and a dose of dopamine, a hit of dopamine when someone says, oh, Nima, poor you. Oh, I'm just so sorry that you had to go through that. Oh, Nima, you poor thing. Oh my God, nobody should have had to have gone through that. And then my inner child goes, yes, thank you. And then I get that on the outside, which feels good in that moment. But the shitty part is now I become dependent on you to give it to me because I haven't yet learned how to give it to myself. That's the antithesis of healing. That's what blocks our healing. So it really comes down to your relationship with your younger self. Healing from those persistent complaints takes is about taking on the work of growing up within you, connecting with that inner child, learning how to get into the body, let those traumas move through your body, learning how to breathe. This is what I love teaching. That's really the foundation of being trigger proof. And it's a skill to learn. It's a thing to practice. It's something that's an ongoing thing. I'm trying to get you to make this a priority to learn so that you can then become the author of your life. Because if you don't, you're forever looking for somebody else to give it to you. You're forever looking for a hero to rescue you. I told Sam this yesterday on a, cause she's kind of struggling with something. And I'm like, look, you can't avoid this work. Nobody's here to rescue you. There's a younger part of you. There's an inner child. There's a, there's an abandoned younger self that's still, in their juvenile state wants mommy and daddy to rescue, but you are the hero of your journey. And so for those of you, if you're listening and you're really resonating with this and you want to be the hero of your own journey, I'm actually leaving a link in the comment section. A week from Sunday would be a great place to begin. I want to make it very applicable and, and open to everybody. You know, it's 20 bucks and it's a three hour inner child meditation and breath work designed to teach you the skills of dropping into your body, becoming conscious of your breath, and sometimes for the very first time, if you've never done this work of connecting with your younger self, because that's really the missing piece, is a body-based, somatic-based approach to healing anxiety by connecting with the younger part of you that you abandoned with the trauma that you went through as a child. And that trauma can be not having your reality validated. That trauma can be a narcissistic parent that didn't know how to attune to you emotionally. All of those are traumas. 
And so we go to therapists trying to get them to heal us. <coughs> Excuse me. But what we've done is we've transferred the being seen by mommy and daddy to the therapist. And then we become stuck on them. And that's not what you, we need. We need guides to help us guide us back to ourselves so we can be the hero of the journey. Guides are necessary, but the hero is you. And that workshop is kind of a good entry point. All of my clients, it's a part of their um, kind of healing journey is to attend each month when I do the breath work and badassery. But I now have opened it up to people who aren't clients that just want to dip their toe in and experience the community. You might finish like Sam, when you did this, you tested it out a couple weeks ago and you were like, holy shit, I'm so scared. I was told not to do it. You did it. You connected with your younger self and you're like, yes, I'm ready to go all in. This is a good place to start. And it's really inexpensive. If you're having financial difficulties, like seriously, send me a message and don't worry, we'll sort it out. But I just, it's just a small little um, dip in to that, uh, to that journey of becoming your own healer and emotionally maturing yourself rather than waiting for your husband, your wife, your children. Oh God, this is the, what happens is if you don't, you start to download it onto your children, expecting them to take on your emotional burdens. You start to do what's called emotional incest, where you make the child responsible for being your emotional sounding board. And that is a form of trauma for the child who just wants to be seen. But if you hadn't had that as a parent, and you remember having to take care emotionally of your parents because they were going through their emotional stuff and dumping on you and you were being the helper and you were being the good girl or the mama's little mama's boy. You were doing that. You become emotionally stunted because you become responsible for mom or dad. And so that's trauma. That's a reality being denied. So this is the step towards healing that. If you've gone, let people know. Um, it was amazing. Yes. Will it be courted if we can't attend live? Um, yes, but I ha I'm doing a, um, uh, a, a digital video product or a digital audio. So you can do it, you know, a meditation and a breath work, but it really, it, it's, it's better to uh, attend live. And we have people all over the world coming, like in the middle of the night, people from Dubai and New Zealand, and it's, it's pretty powerful. Um, Lauren, if you can't attend live, I would recommend you DM me and I will uh, send you uh, a record like I would uh, you can purchase a recording of the inner child meditation and the breath work so it's done with music you're encouraged to you're not only breathing but you're moving through uh, any t type of memories or whatever come through you move it through your body you cry it out sometimes there's incredible laughter it's just repressed emotion just being released from your entire body it's very powerful and People have like people who've done John Demartini's work and all of that have experienced it. This is especially good for Demartini students because you're so much in your head. This is the entry point to getting into your body and healing those those woundings, those persistent complaints. It's not only important to heal them here. The breath work and badassery is kind of like your intro to healing them in your body because 
they're there. Like my, you know, they're there. Like if, if you were to hang out with me and all of a sudden you raise your voice and you say, Nima, all of a sudden my body's going to go into a state of shock because I remember my mother screaming that at me and my body, like I, like that trauma of that, those, that yelling is still in my body. <laughs> so in order to heal that, it's not a cognitive process. So your healing journey to becoming you know, trigger proof and to create secure attachments with yourself and to heal your anxiety is not just a cognitive process, but it's a body based process and it's an awareness and it's a practice that you will be doing for the rest of your life. It's something that you take on as part of your experience of being a human <laughs> is taking responsibility. Healing means to make whole, to take your entire journey and to go full circle with it. And when you do, then you'll be able to step up and be a guide for others. Those are the people I really love working with who are ready to, who see that the costs of their persistent complaints are far greater than the payoffs that they're getting. Only then are you ready to let go of your victim story. So send me a DM, let me know, write down what was the most relevant for you in this training. Uh, please, please, please think of people that you know that really should listen to this and invite them into this group, tag them below, tag them to, to listen. Please ask as many questions as possible. The content that I share comes from actual life conversations with clients, people with real problems that really, that, that demand solutions. We have them. The solutions are always going inside rather than pointing fingers and going outside. I really want to get, I really want you to get that because you can empower yourself and, and take responsibility or you can stay stuck in your persistent complaint and victim story, but you can't have both. You can't have a healed, self-actualized individual while at the same time holding on to your persistent complaint and victim story. You must choose one or the other, okay? And this community, it might not be, you might find what I'm saying completely offensive. This community might not be for you and that's okay. This community is for people that are ready to take that on and there's nothing more fulfilling for me than to guide people on that journey hopefully that was relevant for you let me know um, if any questions is USL is the only option yes it's the only USD online is the only option yes that's it right there um, hopefully you will Maureen says such a difference I found after the last breath work my body was much more relaxed love the inner child guided meditation this is the only place I know maybe there might be one other place that combines inner child meditation with breath work. And uh, we've had some incredible feedback. And so this is going to be at every single month. And this is for the community. It's for my clients, but then I open it up for people who just want to participate and uh, make it, make it a priority for them. So join us. I hope to see you there, but let me know if you have any other questions, if this was a relevant um, training for you, and I'm happy to keep dropping some uh, knowledge for you, answering any questions. How may I best serve you? Tell me what problem you have, what challenges you have, ask it in the group, and I will do a training for you. This is how I find content is by you giving me what you're, what you're troubled by. What do you need most right now? Anyway, I'm getting ready for my group call. That's happening in a little over half an hour. Uh, so I thank you so much for uh, paying attention. Let me know what was most relevant. Was this useful for you? And see you at the next perfect time.